when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Folks, it is episode 28 of Biscuits, a hockey podcast, coming to you Thursday afternoon after the Senators blew out the Penguins, before whatever happened in Predators-Ducks game four. I'm Dave, I'm in Brooklyn, and Sean's up in the the, the heart of hockey, the place where Canada is congressing to, to root for one team. He's in Ottawa. Hi, Sean. Hi, I'm up here, the home of Canada's team. My basement is filled with uh, borders and people from all around the country who have made the uh, made the trip, torn off their Canuck and Maple Leaf jerseys and put on uh, Ottawa Senators gear. And yeah, we're we're very excited up here. We're good to go. Do your joke you did before we started recording about what this podcast. My, my joke like. before I said that uh, I was I was going to do an hour of an extremely boring podcast. And then get really upset and claim that it wasn't boring, and get <laughs> and get like really thin-skinned and whiny at anybody suggesting uh, that it was it was utter boredom. And again, obviously, Ottawa scored. They finished with five goals last night, right? So five yep. goals. They scored. They scored two by accident. They scored. Yes. They scored three in like three minutes, and pretty much the other fifty-seven minutes of the game were just dump ins and chip ins and chip outs. It was still a yeah. boring I mean, game. I, yeah, I mean every game. That's four nothing after the first period is always going to be boring. So you can't you can't really blame the Senators for that. But yeah, it's been one good period out of nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, like we might as well start there because I don't know how it plays in the rest of the hockey world, but this is kind of the big topic up here in Ottawa. Are the Senators boring? Yes. And you wouldn't think, yeah, you wouldn't think that'd be much of a conversation because you you know you just say yes and then you move on. But but there's. <laughs> It's a bit of a sore spot we're finding out uh, there, and like, as you as you probably saw last night, because as soon as they had like that one mm-hmm. stretch of excitement, instantly they were like the tw- the team Twitter account was like, ah, who's boring now? And still, you fans everywhere. How how did that go for you? Because you oh yeah wrote about this this week, and I can't re- like what was the headline? It was something. It was very subtle. I think the headline of your piece. Yeah, you really had to like you really had to read between the lines. It was a very layered headline by I believe Caitlin Kelly here in the Vice Office somewhere, who helped turn my mentions into garbage over the last forty eight hours. But the headline I believe was the Ottawa Senators are worse than watching your parents have sex, 
which right. which I believe is accurate because I feel like that's negative. <laughs> I feel like that's I feel like that's being taken up here as a criticism. So I I I, I saw hey, that hey, hey, piece. Hey, 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 hey. You've <laughs> never not, you've, you know. ne- you've never seen my parents have sex. Okay, you don't know. You don't you you don't know. I'm pretty sure that I haven't. So yeah, that's. Uh, I, I remember when like I I read the piece when it came out. I thought it was a very good piece. Everyone should go seek oh, it thank out. You. Thank you, thank you. And then I watched you inevitably getting just carpet bombed by mm-hmm. all 300 Ottawa Senator fans simultaneously <laughs> come after you. Had it coming. And and I got. I have to assume that last night, like when it's four nothing, ten minutes in, maybe a couple of them circled back to check in on you and. Yeah. See if you wanted to. It's always so nice on Twitter. People are so kind about giving you the opportunity to revise your opinion. They always check in to find out if you'd like to change your stance the moment anything happens that slightly contradicts it. So I'm guessing you were given that opportunity by one or two Senator fans. Well, here's the weird thing about how time works. Um, when I wrote that, it was before they had <laughs> their one good period. So I couldn't right. actually include that in the thing that I wrote. The funniest thing was, was I think a lot of people read it because they came back to me and they actually made points. But there were definitely people who just read the headline and were making comments about how like, oh, I guess Dave thinks about his parents having sex. And I'm like, not for nothing, but your comebacks are just as boring as your team. Like that's that's not <laughs> that's not really that's not really the best comeback. But people were yeah. pe- people were like firing. They were like, "Oh, I guess you didn't see this pass by Eric Carlson to Mike Hoffman, or I guess you didn't see this pass by Eric Carlson to right. Derek Broussard." And I'm like, "Okay, so out of 860 minutes of hockey in the playoffs, there have been 22 seconds of excitement. You, you got me. I didn't consider that when I was writing it. I'm, that, that's on me. My bad." Yeah, this. It, it, I'm just curious because you're. You're like, uh, I think, well known as a New York guy. Oh, did you get accused of being a Toronto media? Oh yeah, hack. One guy. Okay, one, see, one, <laughs> one, one guy. One guy replied to me and he goes, "Oh, this reads like you wear the blue." And I, honestly, God, I didn't know what it meant. He's like, "You don't, you don't get sports. Never played the game. You wear the blue." And I'm like, "Does he think I'm a cop? Is that what that means? Like, what is, <laughs> what does he mean by that?" And then I wrote back to him, I'm like, "Explain sports to me." He's like, "I can't explain sports to idiot Leafs fans." I'm like, so you you, ass- you assume that me with Hoboken, New Jersey in my Twitter bio, I am a huge diehard Leafs fan, and that's why I wrote yeah. that? Yeah. You could literally be, like, your name could be New York Ranger Dave, <laughs> the Ranger fan. <laughs> and if you suggest that the Ottawa Senators, like, if you even make the mildest criticism, like, you will get accused of being a Leafs fan or... Uh. Toronto media or, you know, whatever it is. The only part that gets me annoyed is... I picked the Senators to win the series because they are boring. Right. Their being boring is a great thing for them. I'm just saying it's just rough to watch if you're not a Senators See, that's, fan. That's it. That's it, it. Yeah, and like to me, that is, that's a different and a more interesting discussion, which is should, you, you know, why are the Senators boring? Should they care? Like Bobby Ryan had the quote this week where he was like, we don't care about the TV ratings. Of course not. And I've, I, yeah, of course not. And I've heard from Senator fans who are like, this isn't boring for us. We're right. in the conference fight. And yeah, of course. No, you, nobody is suggesting that like Guy Boucher should be like, guys, we're just not putting on enough of a show out here. Let's change up the style. <laughs> you know, of course, if you're a Senator's fan, you like, you don't, you'll, you'll win every game one nothing, win the Stanley Cup to 0.0 ratings. You don't care. It, nor should you. But that's different than suggesting that this team isn't boring. And I mean, and, and boring by NHL standards, which is really boring. 
And there's the one I six. Mean, th- there, there was the one six five overtime game. Two people kept mentioning, but yeah. like whenever whenever there's goals scored in Ottawa games, it's not about like you know how we always say like oh a zero zero game can be exciting. Well, a six five game can be boring when there's no flow. Yes. It's all it's all just turnovers and power plays. It's not it's not a it's not a free flowing. Like remember remember the Pittsburgh San Jose Stanley Cup final and how awesome that series was. It was just back and forth and free skating. Ottawa doesn't do that. And again, no, that works for them by de- and, by design and it works. Yes, and but yes. yeah, like the and, and you know I. They're not boring all the time. Like no. Nobody's, no team is anything all the time. But uh, yeah, it just, it's it's this weird thing. Like people are, I, I would have expected the reaction from Ottawa fans would have been two things. Number one, the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's that, like, it's it's like anytime you say anything to a Trump supporter, they're going to call you a snowflake. Like before yeah. they, that's just going to be the, it, that's, that's like their way of saying hello. That's like they've initiated the conversation, and then you can go from there. <laughs> but but I would have thought the second thing would have been like, hell yeah, we're boring, and you know, right. screw you if you don't right. like it. Right, great. You know, like our and again, like I'm kind of, I, I I'm not the best judge of this because I'm here in Ottawa. So a, I know a lot of senator fans, but I also like I'm I, I get a lot more senator coverage than than probably anyone else does. You as someone kind of on the outside of it, are the senator fans kind of getting a bit of a reputation for being? Little, little bit whiny, little bit thin-skinned. Uh, um, I never really noticed it until now. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of like I, I'm pretty sure like if you wrote something that was like so and so is born like last night when Mark Andre Fleury gave, gave up the second goal, I tweeted that's Matt Murray's music, and somebody was like that these goals aren't his fault, and the third goal is scored. And I'm like still yeah. music, music still playing, and the fourth goal I'm like <laughs> I'm like please turn the music off, and, and then it stopped. But like when it, like there are certain trigger points I think for fans. Like, yeah. If you call any and, team and any team boring, yeah, any team yeah, boring, every, you're gonna get mad. And, and everybody's like like I I on what was it game two. When it was zero zero late, I in the third period, I tweeted somewhere. I said like, "This building is so quiet that when the Senators score the goal that's going to win the game one nothing, we're going to be able to hear Kessel and Malkin arguing about it." <laughs> and I got I got not one single tweet from Penguin fans at the time. I didn't get one single reply. I had a few. I had a reply from a few Ottawa fans who were like, "Dude, shut up! Don't jinx this for us." Because it really felt like the game was headed that way. I didn't get a single reply from a Penguin fan until they won the game one nothing. And then I got a bunch of replies from people who oh, were yeah. like, and then, um, <laughs> um, what was that again? What was that? <laughs> and which is always a great reply. You're you're always coming across really well if you start off with um. But the point being, you can, you can mute that on Twitter, by the way. If you go to your notifications and this, like, ooh. go to go to your settings, just do like U M U M M U M M M M. Just keep doing all. If of I them could all. knock that out, and then if I could also knock out any tweets to begin with, folks. <laughs> I think I would I would cut my condescension levels down. But my but my point in bringing that up is it's not like I made a joke about the penguins and penguin fans were like ah shucks ah, you're you're great. E- every fan base will get cranky, but it just feels like it feels like to me for the longest time in Canada the undisputed reigning champions of thin skinned fans were were the Canucks fans. I was just gonna say like, that yeah for sure. Yeah. Leftover from 2011, and I can, I've got to see why. Because in 2011, their team makes the Stanley Cup final, comes within a game of winning it, and everybody outside of Vancouver hated that team. And just constant, I mean, that was, Burroughs was biting people, and Kessler was dying, and it was just a very unlikable team. Everybody kept saying so, and I can kind of get why that le- maybe left a mark on some Canuck fans. And so for five, six years, they were, like, if you talked about 
you know, who are the wor- who are the toughest fans to deal with, the worst fans to deal with? You always had to say like, well, apart from Vancouver, it was like <laughs> it was like in the 80s when you had to take Wayne Gretzky out of your hockey pool because it wasn't it wasn't fair. You had to just set him aside. Oh, is that it true? It was kind of like Oh yeah, yeah, you had to, or you had to draft like Gretzky's goals and assists separately. No kidding. I didn't that know that was, was Yeah, a thing. that was Cana- that was Canadian hockey rules. Wow. Canadian hockey pool rules back then. It was like that with the Canucks and now I feel like a challenger has emerged and I I just feel like for Senator fans I I feel like you either need to tone it down, like take a breath and, and kind of get a grip, or you just got to steer into it and just embrace it at this point <laughs> and go full fledged heel and just yeah do, spend all day on Twitter seeking like searching out any reference to your team and just going right full temper tantrum over it uh, and just re- just embrace it embrace the hate let it let that be your I mean you you'd finally have an identity after twenty plus years in the league uh, you know grab onto it and, and go with it. But I, I feel like right now they're kind of stuck in the middle. And, uh, yeah, it's time it's time to pick a side, Ottawa. And, and honest to God, look at the goals last night. The one that Matt Murray gave up was a nice one. Kyle Turris, Beatty, and Coles, nice little goal. Uh, who was it who banked the puck off of uh, Flurry's skate while he was out of position on the first goal? It was uh, McCarthy? Hoffman. Hoffman. Hoffman got the first one. Then, then Ian Cole and Marc-Andre Flurry combine on a beautiful little tic-tac-toe goal where they kick the puck in their own net. Then there's the wraparound goal, which happened by accident because of a weird bounce off the glass. Like every, like like these weren't like yeah. free flowing, great passing play goals. Like well, the, oh the Broussard goal is a nice little pass play, but so that, that's two of them. Two, that's pretty much par for the course for an Ottawa game over sixty minutes. You'll see two nice plays, and that's it. So again, 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 again. That's good for Ottawa. You, this is what you need to yeah. do. You need to be patient, clog the neutral zone. Put pressure on there on the on the Penguins' ravaged, crappy defense. Oh, by the way, if it's Ottawa and Nashville, Nashville is going to run over Ottawa. Uh, Nashville's, yeah. de- Nash- Nashville's defense is not gonna is not gonna make the mistakes the Penguins' defense does. See, not not a chance. I'm not sure for for a couple reasons. First of all, if Ottawa's playoff run up till now has taught me anything, by the time they play Nashville, half those Nashville defensemen are going to be injured. <laughs> so. And if they're not, then yeah, you're right. Like the the senators are like get into the Nashville zone and be like, who are those guys? And be like, those are NHL quality defensemen. And they'll be like, holy crap! That what happened to the those Bruins rookies, the Penguins, no names, and Dan Girardi? Like we want those guys back. Like think about I, it right now. Know. Like if Matt, if Matt Irwin was on the on the Penguins, what number defenseman would Matt Irwin be right now? <laughs> Two. That's scary. That's scary to think about. He might be. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I yeah I don't know. I guess we'll 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 save the the predator senators talk for next week when it'll be we'll be previewing the uh, the the matchup between the 16th seed and the 12th seed for the Stanley Cup. But, <laughs> the system works. But yeah. But I mean, I guess putting aside whether Ottawa is boring, they are. How concerned are you if you're a Penguins fan right now, especially after that game? Because it like I I didn't feel like that. Like they they got blown out on the scoreboard in the first period and the game was over. But you're right. Like a, a lot of those goals were, you know, bad bounces yeah. and that sort of thing. Like, are you? Do you still feel like this is a series and you know Penguins maybe come out and win Game Four and we go back and forth? Or are you starting to feel like this is this is tilting in Ottawa's direction? I'm starting to feel like the Penguins were at the blackjack table. Sorry to go all Bill Simmons on everybody, but. I feel like they're at the blackjack table with their boys, and they're having a nice little run, and they're really hot. And now is t- is the time to get up and maybe walk away from Mark Andre Fleury, who has been yeah, he's been really good. He's he was probably the biggest reason why they won in the second round. The first round, the Penguins basically had a bye, so it didn't really matter. But now it's like 
He's played, I just wrote this and I can't remember the number, f- 5 plus 7 plus 3, 15 straight games. And he hasn't played that many games in a row since 2012. So maybe he's kind of hitting a wall a little bit. Maybe he's getting tired. Maybe, you know, I mean, the two of the goals last night were really bad. They they were, they were those old-time 2012 Marc-Andre Fleury goals in the playoffs, and now he's giving them up again. And you have Matt Murray, young, rested, won a Stanley Cup like a minute ago. Yeah. Here's the thing, too. I, I, if the Penguins lose game four, I, they're not done. They're kind of done. But if you lose game four with Marc-Andre Fleury in net, I feel like you're done. If you lose game four at Matt Murray in net, I feel like you still have time to bounce back because if, if Marc-Andre Fleury plays a second consecutive bad game, then you got to put in Matt Murray, who's going to be relatively cold, and he's going to have to win three in a row. Like I feel like mm-hmm. it's not easy. It's such a tough decision. I, I would yeah. probably go to Matt Murray at this point. See, and I feel like I'm I'm kind of the, the opposite here because I feel like and, and this is this is the wrong way to think about it because if, if you're a coach, you should be just thinking, what gives me the best chance to win my next game and then you go from there. But I'm sort of looking at it saying, okay, if we come out of Ottawa down 3-1, if if Marc-Andre Fleury starts, first of all, he's on a short leash. You know, if he, if he has gives up a bad goal or two, you, you make the switch, try to salvage the game. But but even, you know, if we lose, we're down 3-1, you can if you're down 3-1, that's a tough kind of psychological hill to climb, and I've always felt like if you can do something like make a goaltending change to give it a bit of a fresh start, now you're out there if you win game five at home okay now you're sitting there going we're still down three two in the series but we're one and oh with murray he's our guy the rest of the rest of the way we can do this versus if you put murray in in game four and let's say he comes in cold let's say he doesn't play well or let's say senators just play well and they 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 win that game now what do you do you're going home you've already played your the one card you had to play and and now you've got a full-fledged goalie controversy and and you're sort of you're sort of really stuck. Yeah, that makes sense. I just, I, I, mm-hmm. I think, I think I'd rather have Matt Murray try to win three out of four as opposed to three out of three. Like, I'd rather give yeah. him. It, it, I mean, it really all depends. Like, if you're Mike Sullivan and you say to yourself, like, Mark Andre Fleury's been perfectly solid, perfectly good. He's stolen games for us in the playoffs, and he was just, he just hit a wall. He was exhausted. He was, he needed a mental break. And if you feel like those two periods he sat on the bench are enough, then okay, but. If, if if they aren't enough and, and he comes out and he gives up a bad the thing is is if 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 he comes out and gives up a bad goal or two to start game four it's over you're not coming back against Ottawa if, if it's anybody else you're like yeah you just you know put your foot on the gas and you go but against Ottawa True. like once you once you get down it's it's almost like, like honestly God once it was one nothing 48 seconds in it was like all right let's see how Ottawa locks this down for the next you know 59 minutes and 12 seconds or whatever it was and and you can't I don't think you can afford and if you look to last year too Matt Murray kind of had the same thing. He kind of got to the conference finals. He hadn't really played that many games in a row ever, and he kind of struggled in games three and four against uh, Tampa. Put in Mark andre Fleury. He was bad. They lost game five. And then Matt Murray won the last two games of that series. So I don't know. There's, there's, It's weird. Like There's precedent for, for Sullivan making the switch, and there's also precedent for Sullivan liking Mark andre Fleury so much that he's willing to trust him in this situation. But yeah. I don't know. I just think Matt Murray's been the better goalie the last two years, and you don't want to – get too caught up in this hot run flurry had and remember for 40 games this year he was at 909 don't don't lose sight of that but well that's it i mean you 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 get a hot goalie in the playoffs you ride the hot goalie but you got to really be aware of when that hot streak ends like you can't you don't have three or four games to cool down because that's that's your whole season i you know i just wonder if the penguins have 
you know, not just if it's not just Mark Andre Fleury hitting the wall, but that that whole team. I mean, they've played so much hockey the last two years, uh, World Cup included. Uh, you know, they're beat up. Guys are playing a lot more minutes. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I, I think if if this is NHL 2017 and we can turn injuries off and all that stuff, then you know the Penguins are are probably the better team. They probably beat Ottawa. Uh, you know, seven or eight times out of ten, but that's that's not what we got right here. And uh, I, yeah, I, I'm not going to say Pittsburgh can't come back and make a series out of this, but it's uh, I feel like it's it's leaning pretty heavily Ottawa's way right now. And plus, you got Sidney Crosby probably playing with a brain injury. He's probably cl- clearly not been the same guy since either the concussion or when he went into the boards head first. So yeah. I don't know. I'd 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 look for some Matt Murray magic to to turn things around the rest of the series. Yeah, but. it was interesting. I mean, by the time people hear this, we'll I'm assuming we'll know because we'll get the Friday game day skate, and then everybody will magically, based on what net the goaltender goes to, crack the code and flood your Twitter timelines with with who's in who's in what net and who leaves the ice first and all of that stuff. So, but I, I thought it was it was certainly telling that Sullivan at the end of the game. Did, when he was asked, did not just say no. We're going back to Mark Andre Fleury. He was kind of like he, he says, oh, "I haven't even thought about it," which is the worst lie that, <laughs> like, for an NHL coach, all these guys do twenty four hours a day is is think through things, and anytime they're like, "Ah, oh, no, you know what? That hadn't even occurred to me." Oh, really? Okay, I'm sure that was you weren't thinking about that in the third period as you were watching. Absolutely nothing happened on the ice. I'm sure, you were. Yeah, I, I I had no time to ponder that over the last two hours when when our team had already lost. I don't know. I, I if he goes to Flurry, you understand it. It's not like like the, I, when I was writing the thing I wrote about Flurry versus Murray. I just I, I completely forgot about how the Penguins really had no backup goalie for most of those years. They had Brent Johnson, who was best known for knocking Rick DiPietro unconscious with a one punch back in the day. And then the one year they had Thomas Vokun, they said, look, we got Thomas Vokun. We're going to go with Thomas Vokun the rest of the way. You're killing right. us. So they have Matt Murray, and if it's a different coach, obviously. But, yeah, it's probably the decision that's going to decide the fate of the Penguins this year. So no, no, no pressure. It'll be interesting because, I mean, it, we could realistically have seen the end of Marc-Andre Fleury's Pittsburgh Penguins career. That could have been it. Wow. Wow. When you put it like that, it's kind of it's kind of sad. He, he has, might, tra- he has trade. Have two games left. He has trade value now, at least. I mean, he does, though. That's yeah. That is one of the things. Like that's uh, you know the of guys who have sort of changed their value. I, 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 I'm writing a thing about this, but like between him adding value to help the Penguins, like Kevin Shattenkirk cost himself, I think, a chunk of money. There and and some other guys, like yeah, a couple of weeks, and and you're and it shouldn't happen, right? Like somebody should be looking right. at signing Mark Andre Fleury should be like here's we got the last three years body of work and all of this stuff but yeah somebody out there is going to be like man he was pretty good for three weeks all right <laughs> we'll give you a first round pick for him and I'm not saying that that's going to be the Calgary Flames but but it's probably yeah. going to be the Calgary Flames Brian Bickle got four years and 16 million because of his 2013 postseason I mean exactly so. Dave Bolin right I mean one goal <laughs> Which is actually one more goal than Adam Adam Andrew Shaw scored in the playoffs this year. So that's true. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. It's weird how those te- it's weird how those players who are winners don't seem to win anymore when they're not on, on the Blackhawks on winning teams. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Got to look into that. Strange. I guess huh. they just don't don't want it anymore. Spe- speaking of winners, Ryan Kessler, 
Yeah. He's a he's a he's a guy that that really isn't winning at the one-on-one battle with Ryan Johansson, but when it comes to to hitting Ryan Johansson when he's not looking and doesn't have the puck, I, I give Kessler a huge advantage there. Yes. Then and winning the psychological battle except that, you know, that the Predators are have been winning the games since that all took place. Mm-hmm. But yep. what, what did you think of that? Like, what did you think of Ryan Johansson saying what he said? I, like, I don't, I don't feel like anyone thinks he's wrong, but to actually come out and say it the way he did after game two, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I, I never want to be one to discourage honest, honest quotes and honest answers to questions. Like, I don't want to hear like, yeah, he's just doing what he's got to do. And I just got to work through it. Like if he thinks Ryan Kessler's a dick, you can say that Ryan Kessler's a dick. You can you can be like, why would anybody cheer for Ryan Kessler? I think that's a fair question. So, I I, I me being the 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 great uh, measured leader of a hockey player that I am, I just would have said no comment because you know I'm just worried about what's happening in our room. I'm not worried about what's happening over there. Sure, but no, Looks in deep. Yeah, yeah, and like and the, and the whole thing where it's like, oh, he's he's not mature and everything. Well, God, like like is it is there anything like when's the last time a hockey player gave an honest answer to a question and people were like, that's great, thanks, PK. Thanks, yeah. th- thanks, Rigo. It's, it, but you know, it depends on who you are. Because, like, if Jonathan Taves had said the exact same thing, I feel like everybody would have been like, "That's oh, yeah. some leadership oh, yeah. right there." That's like, I feel like there's two classes. There's the guys who have the leadership hall pass, and then there's the guys who have been around so long that they're just not questioned. Like Yammer Yager can say anything he wants after a game right now, yeah. and we're just like, "All right, yeah." wacky funny yeah man he's like i know i wasn't joking i really meant that and we're like he's he's a character but other than that you're right like the other 99 percent of the league can't say anything at all ever what about what about the last time ottawa played pittsburgh and ottawa was down 3-1 and somebody said that daniel Alfredson. what you think you guys would come back in the series yep. and he said eh, probably not probably <laughs> that, not that was pretty bad you know what? that was pretty bad that, that was the one time <laughs> yeah, where like, oh. it was like you know i'm always like come on like you can't we can't say we want honest answers and then rip the guys and that was one where i'm like that you probably should have lied yeah, yeah you, that because that, that, that was the year he left too that was uh yeah that was the end of his that was the end of things for I'm, him and they went like double OT in game five too. I think they they were they weren't like I mean they were done and he was right. But you know mm-hmm. don't 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 do that to your fan base. Yeah, don't even bother watching the game, people. It's 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 over. Go watch go watch go watch the Bachelorette or something. Yeah, it's a good thing he didn't call them boring because that would <laughs> that would have never retired his number. It would have never brought him back. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, so uh, for the for the for the Preds and the Ducks, I, I don't really get how every time they go to an intermission down here, I don't know what you get up there, but down here it's like, boy, Ryan Kessler's really working over Ryan. He's not. Ryan Kessler's getting his ass handed to him at five on five every time Ryan Johansson's out there, and maybe that's more to do with his line mates. But at the end of the day, the Ryan Kessler line is not winning the battle with the the, the yeah. Ryan Johansson line. No, so, sh- but, so shut uh, up, Jr. Yeah, you're. Yeah, a lot of, but yeah, the the stick work and all that. I mean, that's what the NHL is, right? I mean, I guess if if anything, Ryan Johansson should feel flattered because apparently he's mm-hmm. earned that star player status where you're just allowed to spend the entire game hacking and hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, and, and sticking the guy and nobody does anything. So another thing that came out today, uh, Thursday, which I saw Travis Hughes from SB Nation tweet it, and I wasn't sure if it was real. This is my new thing now. I don't believe anything on Twitter is real the first time I see it. Because I, I, I do jokes all the time, and people do that to me. They're like, is this real? And I'm like, oh, come on. Obviously, it's not real. But now I'm at a point where I've ruined myself, where I don't think anything is real. And I saw the list of the top 20 NHL teams voted by fans. Fans, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? What are you serious? The 2015-16 Penguins are one of the 20 best teams of all time. They fired their coach midseason because they were playing so badly. Come on. I uh. Yes. So this is the the NHL as part of their 100th anniversary. They first they did the 100 players, which the NHL just did on its own and and screwed up as we've covered extensively. Yeah. The, now they're doing their top 100 teams, which has been narrowed down to a top 20 teams, but they did that by fan vote. And I guess not surprisingly, when you let fans vote on things, it's like they they put out the top 20 list today and it's all teams from the last few years. Weird. Weird how that works out. Yeah. The the oldest team is the 6970 Bruins. Then it's three of the Canadians dynasty teams. Then it's three of the Islanders dynasty team, which is weird. They've got 80, 82 and 83, but not the 81 team which was the team that won the President's Trophy and only lost three playoff games the entire postseason. That's the one, apparently, that didn't make the cut out of the four. Then it's four of the Oiler teams. Then it's Flames, both the Penguins teams. And then it's Rangers, Red Wings, Avalanche, Red Wings, Blackhawks, Penguins. I'm starting to feel like this is more of a popularity contest than <laughs> than a real... Like the ninety three ninety four Rangers were a really good team, but they they, didn't, they weren't a good team till the trade deadline, and they went out and traded for all the old Oilers. Like it, they were, yeah, I mean they were good. they won the President's Trophy that year at least. They were they they missed the playoffs before and after, but they, I uh-huh. yeah the the ninety one and ninety two Penguins, which was I mean that was the Mario Lemieux, Jagger, Ron Francis era. So I mean that was a good team on paper. Neither one of those teams even got to 90 points. I was just going to say, like, I, I thought one of those teams for sure didn't get to that, but it's both of them didn't get to both, 90 points? Neither one of them got to, I think it was 87 and 88, and then in 93, they had like 116 points and got knocked out by the Islanders on the David Volek goal. Yeah. But yeah, neither one of those Penguins teams was very good. The 910 Blackhawks? I mean, they were good. Obviously, uh, they, they won the they, cup, yeah. but... They had three of the top 100 players ever on that team. I, I'm honestly, the the biggest surprise to me on this list is that only one of those Blackhawks teams made it. That the 13 and 15 teams didn't make it. No Kings either, which I guess, I don't know, typical East Coast bias. Like you can't put, I guess you can't put the 13, the 13 Blackhawks on there because that was a lockout year, but they started the year like 22 and 0, which yeah. some, some crazy number like that. They didn't lose to start the season because obviously half the league was sitting around eating donuts because they didn't think there was going to be a season that year. So the Blackhawks were the right. one team that was like, let's just keep working out just in case. And that's why they were so dominant. But still, in the context of that season, it was, it was a pretty good team. They were but, good, yeah. But I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I think I think if we were smart, we, 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 we'd be three quarters of a way through a book with our top 100 teams. And we have just all the Capitals teams that won the President's Trophy and didn't go anywhere at the top of our list. Yeah, just yeah, the playoffs... 
the playoffs are a poor judge of teams. The top 100 teams of all time, including like 55 that lost in the second round. Did you feel that way, though? Because I know, I know Pablo Torre yeah. from ESPN goes on, on and on about this, how he hates the playoffs, how he feels like the regular season is the true determiner of, a, of the, the best team. I don't know if I buy that, but I don't know. Because like, I think it's, it's, how you, probably, it's, it's how you waited, I guess. Yeah, there's probably a lot of truth to that. And I think that there's a real question as to whether if, if we get Predators and Senators, like having the 12th and the 6th seed, I think there's a or 12th and 16th rather seed. I, I think there's a real question as to whether that's actually right. good or whether we're getting towards something where, you know, the NHL sees it like, why, why should I pay attention to the NHL season other than whether my team makes the playoffs or not? Why should I care who finishes first? Why should I care who gets home ice? Why should I even care how good my team, like, why should, if I'm a Leafs fan right now or an Oilers fan, or someone like that where my team's on the rise, why should I get excited if if being on the rise means that they're going to be a 55% favorite instead of a 50-50 coin flip in the playoffs in every round? You know, you look at what happened to the Capitals. This is why we're all so desperate to figure out that there has to be some fundamental flaw with the Washington Capitals. Like, there, there has to be, because the alternative is super good teams just sometimes get unlucky and super slightly above average teams sometimes make the final and win the Stanley Cup and it you know it it it's just because that's how that's how the the handful of dice happened to roll on that particular playoff year and that sucks and like nobody I feel like there's a there's a middle ground between the NBA where it, we've all known what the finals was going to be since November and the whole, it's so strange to me, like the every round of the playoffs, we get people are writing like here, you know, do the Celtics have a chance against the Cavs? No, they don't. They're not going to win that series. It's good. We're right. going to have the Cavs and the Warriors. We've all known that. That isn't good. That's not fun. But I, it, total randomness. I don't know. Like, I know I, I had this conversation with some people on Twitter and I had some people telling me like, you know, I, I like upsets. Upsets are fun. Yeah. Surprising upsets are fun. But if 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 every series feels like it's fifty fifty, then there are no upsets. The fact that the six seed beat the three seed isn't really an upset if it happens half the time, and you know we end up with the six and the seven facing each other in the final every year. So I don't know. Like, like that's to circle back. That said, if you're going to do a list of the twenty best teams, yes, by all means, Stanley Cup winners. You know, I I don't I'm not advocating that anyone should should be on that list who didn't didn't win the Stanley Cup because there've been lots of great teams that have done both been great in the regular season and great in the cup but I've like I've been banging this drum for a couple years now that I feel like the whole parody thing is not is maybe going too far and maybe is not as much fun as the league seems to think it is and I don't know if 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 the Predators play the Senators then officially anything can happen but I don't I don't know if anything can happen is really what you want to be selling if if you're in the, the pro sports business and trying to get people to watch and care for eight straight months. Like the first two rounds of the NHL playoffs absolutely obliterate the first two rounds of the NBA playoffs. But the conference finals, uh, it sucks because Kawhi Leonard got hurt. Otherwise, that Warriors-Spurs series would have been great. But now that series is over. But yeah, like the the, the NBA final is going to be awesome. It's going to be Warriors-Cavs again. It's going to be super great. I don't know how... I, like Again, it's all please like my sport and all that stuff. But I don't know how you can compare 
two superpowers meeting up in the championship round of one sport to a 12 and a 16 accidentally coin flipping their way to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. It's just not as it's I don't know how you sell that to like non fans. It's like, hey, in the NBA, we have just two superstar laden teams. MVP is going to be awesome. Oh, cool. What do you got in hockey? Okay, are are you are you aware are you aware of um Corsi? Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I don't know how you saw that. And here's the thing: like the Predators are are the sixteen, we're the sixteen seed in terms of the sixteen teams that made the playoffs. East. The Senators are twelve, but it feels like the Senators are more of the upset run. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like the Predators were always kind of like you know they could maybe, and then even when they beat the Blackhawks, I, I know a lot of people at that point were like, okay, there might this. I think this team's going to come out of the West. The Senators are the Cinderella team, and yet. Like they play, they went in the first round against the Bruins. Most people picked the Bruins, but when the Senators won, like nobody was like, "Holy crap!" I oh, I can't believe Ottawa pulled it up. People were like, "Yeah, okay." They go to play the Rangers. At this point, half the people are like picking one, half the other. They go to play the Penguins, who in theory are, you know, a much higher a much higher seed should be a big favorite. And even then, like I, a lot of people by this point are picking the picking the Senators. It, like it it doesn't seem like this isn't the ninety one North Stars. Where you're like, wow, this these guys are on a ride. Like it's not even the 2006 Oilers. It just feels like, and I don't like. I'm wondering, do we have the ability to have those kind of runs anymore, or is this like, you know, I feel like we got we're going to have a 12 against a 16. Nobody even seems that surprised. Nobody's nobody seems that entertained by the fact that this team is making this this big Cinderella run. Everyone's just kind of shrugging and going like, yeah, I, that is definitely one of the things that could have happened. You need that middle ground. You need the middle ground between the Warriors yeah. running over teams for two rounds and anything can happen. Like you want to be able to yeah. have dominant teams that you can kind of want to tune in to watch. But at the same time, you're right. Like like San Jose beating Detroit. That that's never going to happen again. That's never going to be. Yeah. And, and, and like like seriously, the Predators beating the Blackhawks. Like that was not. Like that was not a one versus like people were tweeting. That's mm-hmm. the first time ever an eight ever swept a one, and it's like yeah. Even though they're not an eight, I get what you're saying. But you but- didn't feel. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm beaten down and cynical. Maybe other people were. But I mean, I, I remember like when the North Stars went on their run, and people were like, "Holy crap!" You know, it was a team nobody even really knew anything about. But you really felt like by the end of it, you you could get behind those guys, and uh, yeah, I just don't. You know what I feel is is the middle ground, is the NFL. I feel like that's as close. Yeah. Like, you know, because the regular season matters because home field matters, but it doesn't matter so much that there's no way that, you know, if you finish number one seed, like, that's it, you're going through. It, You know, there's that mix where when an upset happens, you go, wow, that was an upset. And it happens often enough that you're entertained, but not so often that you're like, you know what? No Wake me deal. up when the Super Bowl comes because <laughs> I'm not there. Why, why should I get invested in any of this if it's just random like if we're if if none of it really matters and we're just we're just flipping coins to get to the end you know what i wonder i wonder if if the nhl ever gets around to uploading all the old game sheets so we can figure out like what you know neil broughton's course he was in 1992 and everything i wonder if because like obviously the 2012 kings were the eighth seed in the west and analytics people were all over the kings they were like this team dominates the puck look out for them i wonder if that was the situation back then where maybe the north stars were like peaking at the right time but nobody really watched the game that way the way we do today and maybe that kind of ruins it so i guess my point is is that analytics suck watch the game (laughs) you're you're ruining (laughs) the game nerds yet another thing ruined Get your information out of here. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, a lot of this is the salary cap. I mean, the difference between yeah. it's, it's, we now have a salary cap league 
where we've got 30, soon to be 31 teams that all have to spend roughly the same. And there are enough good hockey players in the world for 31, for probably 61 NHL teams. There's so much talent out there that is so close with the exception of a handful of elite players. You disagree? Oh, there's 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 not enough talent for thirty teams at this point. This is uh, if so compared compared to the eighties and nineties, the worst players today compared to the like I mean in eighties and nineties, especially when like the early eighties when the WHA had just come in, we'd gone from like six teams in and in fifteen years there were twenty one. There had been even more than that in the seventies because they had two pro leagues. Like there were guys who could barely skate backwards. There were goaltenders who were just awful out there. And so the gap between the good teams and the bad teams, I feel like now, other than, I mean, you know, there's still a handful of guys on some fourth lines that, that really can't play in this league. I feel like the, the gap between a team's sixth best forward and their 12th best forward now is smaller than it's ever been. And I feel like most teams have got plenty of guys that they, they can bring up and, and drop in who would play far better than a fourth liner in the 80s and 90s ever would. Yeah, like there's less of a gap between teams, but there's also a problem where like Jared Bull is fighting Cody McLeod in a conference final. Like that, like 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 there's there should be no right, Jared Bulls, Cody McLeods, Chris. But that's Neals. not that's, that's not a, they're not in the lineup because those teams can't find anyone better. Like both of those teams have got two or three better players that they could drop in anytime they wanted. Just like the Senators, they didn't drop they put Chris Neal in the lineup until two or three forwards had gotten hurt because. They went out of the trade and like got guys that could come in. Like that—that's a team making a choice to dress somebody for other reasons. That's not because there just aren't any players available out there who are who are better than Jared Bull. Yeah, but they, but they're on the roster. They're still they're still yeah. in the NHL collecting NHL paychecks. Well, I, I mean, it's going to get three of those guys on every roster. Yeah, but it's going to get worse now. That there's going to be a thirty-first team. There's going to be more jobs for those guys to to because yeah. everything's going to get watered down See, a little more. And and I have this argument with people because you know I a lot of times people will say that that's part of the reason that scoring is down is because the the league is too watered down because there's too many teams. And and you know, again, you, you got to remember. In the 80s, there were 20, 21 teams, and all the players were from Canada. There was barely any development in the U.S. and Europe, other than you know a little bit, a little bit of Sweden. Europe hadn't really come over yet. And versus now, where you've got the whole world supplying players to this league, yeah. everybody's so well coached. And the other thing is, like people say, well, you know, the, the league's watered down. That's why scoring's down. A watered down league is where scoring goes up. That's where you get the scoring because now Sidney Crosby is, you know, Sidney Crosby gets to do what Wayne Gretzky used to do, which is come down the wing against defensemen who can barely skate backwards and just go right around them and, you know, go against, you know, forwards who have never thought, you know, never really been expected to play defense, goaltenders who could barely stand up after they made the first save. Whereas now it's like everybody's good enough to play hockey at a high enough level. And as it turns out, Hockey, when played at a high level, ends up being like a two-one game most nights. See, I, I, it's, I feel like we're in some sort of bizarro world where, like, like think about it, like in basketball, when it's like a high high skill game, like it's back and forth. It's it's again, it comes again. This is like almost going back to the Ottawa thing where you scored five goals last night. It wasn't really exciting though. It, it's about how you play the game. It's about how you play the game and. When you have those guys on the ice who can't skate, can't play, can't make plays, like that's that's what kind of drags it down for me is watching all the chip and chase and 
offsides because guys are clogging the neutral zone and they can't make a yeah. pass. You see, just, to me, yeah, and I agree yeah. with that, but to me, that's that's coaching. That's not. I don't think there's a coach in this league oh, right now sure. who's like, if I had more skill, I'd open it up and we'd stop trapping and we'd stop chipping and chasing and we would just go full skill. You know, it's it's that they know if they do that, they're going to lose to the worst team that plays the defensive side. Like it turns out. The NHL as we know it is a game where the optimum strategy is defense first, clog it up, block everything, take away every lane, and force the other team to beat you by banking the puck in off off three guys. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way. The NHL over the last 20 plus years that we've been in this dead puck era could have made changes anywhere along the line like the NFL. I mean, we've talked about this before, but... Tom Brady or Peyton Manning had one bad game against the Patriots in the playoffs because the Patriots defensive backs came up and really jammed the receivers threw everything off. Peyton Manning had a bad game. The NFL changed the rules that year because they're like, okay, I see where this is going. Everyone's going to start doing that. Passing offense is going to drop. That's our bread and butter. Fans want to see offense. Fans want to see big numbers. We're, and they changed the rules significantly in time for the next season. The, there's nothing stopping the NHL from doing that. There's nothing that says NHL hockey has to be boring and, you know, like there's all different things they could do. They just don't do it. They think they, what, that this what, product what could, is fine. What could they do, though, for, like for real? Like no, no sliding the block shots? Like what? Like what is there? Yeah, it would have like, to be a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, it, it would. And, you know, some of it's calling the rule book. Some of it is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I've, I've said before, I would, the first thing I would do is I would grab about a half dozen of the smartest coaches that aren't working right now. If I put Scotty Bowman in charge of it, I would pick, you know, pick all those guys that are, that are out there, smart guys who either are retired or, you know, whatever else. And I put them in a room and I'd say, start making some rules that will screw up defensive coaching systems. And I give them all, I tell you know, every goal, you guys get a million bucks each for every goal per game that the average scoring goes up or whatever it is. And, and really, and they would come back with some rules that would, that we wouldn't even have thought of that would really mess things up. Uh, and then also you just make the nets bigger. Like it's, I know we've been over this and over this, just, just, and I know some fans just can't handle the idea of a little two inch, you know, extra, but just, Hey now, Hey now, if, if, (laughs) if you're, just do me this favor. If you're a fan who's really offended by, by the idea of bigger nets, just go back and watch any game from the eighties. Don't, don't even watch the whole game. Just watch a few minutes and just hit freeze frame a few times when you see the goal come into view and with the goaltender in front of it. And just tell me what you see and then do the same for today and tell me what you see. And then tell me that making the nets bigger to give the player something to shoot at would be changing the game and not just putting the game back to what it was all along up until the last decade or two. Because the thing is that you make the nets bigger. I know people always say, well, but it's scoring chances. It's not just goal. You make the nets bigger. A scoring chance is just a shot that has a chance to go in. That's all a scoring chance is. You make the nets bigger, suddenly the area of the ice that you can get a scoring chance from gets bigger, which means the area of the ice that the defending team has to worry about gets bigger, which means the gaps get bigger, which means the amount of space the attacking team has to go to where they can get a scoring chance gets bigger. Everything spreads out, and you know you, 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 you can wind up with a much different looking game like right now yeah if everyone just collapses down in front of the net and 80 percent of the offensive zone go ahead pass the puck around skate around do whatever you want we're all going to be collapsed here because we know you can't get the puck past us into this tiny thing behind us just make the nets bigger it spreads everything out 
it's I'm not saying it's going to solve everything, but the fact that that is a non-starter as the first step makes me think that we are just going to be playing 2-1 games forever and we'll see, you know, the ratings will continue to plunge, interest will continue to decline, every sports media company will continue to get rid of their hockey coverage. And I don't know, maybe that's fine. Maybe nobody cares. Maybe as maybe if you're the last person left watching hockey and in the country, it's fine as long as you like it. But I feel like we could be doing so much better. That was that was easily your most erotic sports rant that you've ever gone on. Ever. <laughs> you you want things bigger? You think two inches bigger. make a difference? You want things yep. spread out? You want things in tight? You want smaller gaps? I mean, I mean, Sean, if you if you want to talk about something with me right now, I mean, we can this we can talk be, about it off the air. This is going to be our first podcast that gets the little explicit symbol <laughs> next to it on iTunes. It's a big big moment. I'm very proud. I, just, I like my thing is just like, even if you do all that stuff, you're gonna have coaches that will still oh like like again go back to three on three last year it was nuts it was just like it was like it's like that 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 John Boy tweet where it's just um, playoff overtime hockey yes. is like you know helicopter riding out of it cocaine motorcycle all that that was three on three hockey and now this year it's like well mm-hmm. we 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 kind of know when to change lines now and, we kind of know the best way and it slows down they yeah. will always find a way to do it always and they, well. But part of that is, though, I mean, this is what happens when you have 20 years go by where, the, like, I mean, this got, the league, fans were complaining in 1995 about the Devils. In 96, when the Panthers beat the Penguins, like, that should have been the Peyton Manning has a bad playoff game moment for the NHL. And that was over 20 years ago. So now you have coaches who have never known anything other than defensive systems. You have, you have guys who played in those systems retired became coaches and are now in the nhl like it's it is going to take a while to undo it this is this is the penalty of having so-called leadership in the nhl that doesn't do anything about problems until it's far 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 too late but that's not a reason to not i mean if maybe if we fix it now maybe we can have good games 10 years from now i don't know i I don't know what the what the goal is at this point but uh, you know or we just leave it as it is now and Everybody says it's fine, and I guess it's fine. You got any other things you want to rant about before we do some questions? Anything else? Any, anything else you feeling? Yeah one one other one other thing because I just I had one of those moments this week, and I, I expressed this to you. But uh, like you know when you 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 just you look at the world and you see it in a certain way, and you just feel like I'm just completely alone because nobody sees things the way I see them. And maybe it's me. Maybe there's something wrong with me. And I was having that moment. And then I saw something that you wrote that that made me feel not so alone. Because you wrote that the NHL's new Stanley Cup commercial, oh, yeah. where the players are spelling their names, it's bad. sucked. It's bad. And it's it a, does. It's not good. And people are raving about this thing. It's terrible. I only figured out yesterday how they did it. They just had all these guys in L.A. for the All-Star game, for the for the NHL 100. So they were just yes. like, let's do something with these guys. And this is what they came up with. Spelling. And, and, and you know, just so that I don't sound like someone who complains 100% of the time, <laughs> the Stanley Cup marketing is like the one type of marketing the NHL does well. Some of those ads have been amazing. Like mm-hmm. the, 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 uh, the, the, the no words commercial. The, where it's just all the players who've won the cup, but none of them can say anything. That is per, that is perfect 
sports marketing right there. Some of the like there was the one where they kind of did a time lapse thing, so it was one Stanley Cup lift, but it was all different captains getting the cup. Brilliant, just fan, like I I see those ads and I'm like, bring on the playoff hockey. I want to run through a wall. This is, and I feel like people are so used to that that the NHL just like served up this turd and everyone's like, this is great. <laughs> They're spelling their Yeah, it's it's seriously, if you haven't seen it, it's one minute of just famous hockey players spelling their own names. That's it. That's it. There's no hook. There's no... And, like, it's it's. I guess it's based on the whole, like, you know, you get your name on the cup thing, but it's, like, a solid minute of just, like, Wayne Gretzky, like, G-R-E, and, like, none of the, <laughs> like, no, like, zero charisma for any of these guys. None. The only there's one second in the whole commercial that's any good, and that's the one where I think it's Gretzky is holding the Gordie Howe picture, mm-hmm. and they just really quickly zoom in on that. That is the one good moment. Other than that, it's like like you're five seconds in, you're like, I, yeah, I got it. Spelling, <laughs> got it, and it just keeps going and going. And people are, like it came out, and everyone's like clogging up my Twitter feed, like this is brilliant. I'm choked up here, and I'm like, did I like? Am I watching the wrong version? Like, is this? So yeah, I it I I want to thank you for uh being the the I think the first person I saw to write that it was garbage and and giving me the courage to now articulate that myself. And and meanwhile, I got way more pushback on the Ottawa Senators are boring than the Stanley Cup commercial sucks ass. Somehow, somehow. I don't know how. I fig- I figured that was the one that people are going to be like, "You're just you just hate everything. You don't like that." Yeah. Nope. Nope. I think people quietly know that's a bad commercial. There's no production value. It's just basically like 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 they should do another one where they have I don't know like newer players doing it where they just have like one hand over their eye and they're just doing an eye test and it's like S U B B A N. It's it's just like it's it's like guys that haven't won the cup just just reading off of an eye chart. That that would be that, that would, would be, be fun. That would be just as good. How about this? We get the Ottawa Senators to just spell their names at us <laughs> for like a twenty three minute of just them. Should, and Bob, Bobby Ryan could spell intense too. You could throw that in there as the little, little, little dig at uh, at his pal Brian Burke. But yeah, just that. And then and then we listen to Ottawa fans try to tell us that it was really entertaining. And enjoyable. Oh, oh! Before we do questions, did you see the thing Carlson did last night where he was like fake? He was like fake talking with his glove over his mouth to mock Sidney Crosby. Allegedly, I saw that allegedly clip go though. around, but it's but it's not. No, the like, clip that, it, that wasn't. The, Right, the clip that, that like that whole clip wasn't from Game Three, but I think the I think the theory was was that Crosby does that and that Carlson yeah. was doing that to mo- like not all in the same game, obviously, because obviously they're wearing even, black uniforms in that clip. But yeah, well, and, and Carlson's wearing a white uniform, and they were at home last night. Oh, so I didn't even notice that, that wasn't so unless it was from Game Two or something. I mean, I want to uh, believe because like if Eric Carlson actually went out of his way to mock Sidney Crosby, then I'm like I'm oh, yeah. back on board with the Senators. Like that'll be that's the most entertaining. <laughs> Forget the one pass he made, or you know this or that. Like I'm, I'm back. If the senators, if they started just like openly, like openly mocking their opponents, I'm, I'm on board. Then I will have your back at that point. Ottawa. Like Mike Hoffman comes out for a faceoff against Phil Kessel, and he just eats a hot dog right in front of him. Just... Yeah, like with a hot dog hanging out of his mouth, just like what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, totally... just trying to win. I would totally be on board with that. Maybe, maybe it was game two because I, I think somebody said it was just like a, somebody just gra- grabbed it off of Hockey Night, like it was like during the intermission for one of your okay. one of your country shows. But I, I didn't notice the Carlson thing. I, I, thought the, I thought the Carlson thing was from game three, but yeah, you're right. Maybe the whole thing was from game two. 
Either way, Maybe. either way, that, either way, that wasn't boring. This is oh, it's, this is like a lot of stuff I see on the internet. I'm I'm like I know that's fake, but I'm choosing to believe it because it it plays to to what I wish to be true about the world, which is that I wish guys like Eric Carlson would openly make fun of guys like Sidney Crosby during playoff games. So I'm just choosing to believe it, and yeah. if it's fake news. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I choose to believe Mike Pence had sex with a horse based on Twitter. It was his own tweet. So I, I, if, he, if he says that that's what happened, then, then, then I have to believe him. I think that's directly comparable to the Eric Carlson, Sidney Crosby Same situation. exact thing. Same exact thing. Completely topical that I just brought that up. Um, all right. We got like a few minutes left here. Uh, yeah. David, who, who goes by Mid Ivana on Twitter, he's asking, if Ottawa wins the cup, will it usher in a new era of the dead puck trap nhl will, will teams copy what ottawa does and, and start doing that yeah i i, don't I think really so. hope not it's a copycat league but i don't think it can usher it in like it's already here mm. i think we need we need a team that's the opposite of ottawa to win the state like just go like full out guns blazing win the stanley cup and then you might see a change like if i i, I don't feel like like it always gets me when people are like the dead puck era which ended it's like well no it didn't end we had one good year after the lockout when there were each team got 10 power plays a game like that's it it's scoring rates have been the same other than that so i don't i'm not sure it gets it gets any worse than it is now i would hope not at least uh dick casey asks i don't know if we ever actually talked about or finished our thoughts on this but do do you think matt murray starts game four or do you think sullivan goes with flurry i think he's going I'm I'm gonna say he goes Flurry. I'm gonna say he goes Murray. This way, this way, one of us is wrong by the time the show comes out. There we go. The, and next week, we can just claim that we got our prediction right. Yeah, yeah. According, according, biscuits broke the news the day before. It doesn't matter yes. which one of us does. Must it. credit. We're, we're part of the biscuits brand. Um, Ian, uh, Jan, oh no, Ian Jansons. We we already covered that. Uh, Josh, Josh, high glove side twenty five. What's the best road trip snack or drink? I'm gonna go beef jerky. Beef jerky, I think, is a perfect road trip because it's it's it, it's not messy. Yeah. Doesn't get doesn't you don't you don't need a napkin for it. It's not going to get all over the place. Tastes good. Beef jerky. Um, yeah, you know what? That's that's a solid pick. I was going to say I was going to go like some sort of potato chip type type thing, but uh, you're right. That's that one's the ideal. Doesn't take up a lot of space. Yeah, 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 yeah. The re- resealable bag. It's perfect. It's a perfect, perfect. road trip food. Uh, Acharya. Who goes by Tanya Rizak on Twitter? I see her all the time. I don't know how to pronounce her name. There's there's a million people like that in the world for me. I don't know how to pronounce their names. Um, are the Senators good? Do they have a magical goalie, or are they simply the healthiest team standing? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes to all those things. They the, the Senators are a good team. They're probably a better team that people give them credit for just because everyone we lump everyone in and the senators got lumped in as like the not good playoff team they're better than people think they are very well coached they have a good sometimes great goaltender and they've had an awful lot of good luck as far as matchups and health and everything else and you add that all up and you get a 12 seed in the stanley cup final yeah like the first round they they benefited by playing boston the second round they benefited by playing elaine Vigneault. now the third round they're they're it, it's a really good matchup for them because of how banged up the Penguins' back end is. Right. They, can't, they can't get through the muck. So they're good. They've gotten But breaks. by the way, this is, you know, it, it's it's good luck for the Senators, but it's also like you could see this coming midway through the season that the Atlantic division is anyone's division. It's wide open. 
even even for you know even the Rangers, we figured they were coming over. There's no clear favorite. Any of those four teams that make it can win that division. And then you know, and even then, people were like, "Yeah, but they're not going to beat the Penguins or the Capitals." Penguins and Capitals are going to bash each other's brains out for seven games, and they might be really banged up by the time they get to the conference final. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, you know, give credit to the Senators because they actually. Well, they didn't really load up at the deadline, but they brought in, they they made themselves better at the deadline. They were the only team that did, right? The Rangers kind of punted. The Bruins didn't do anything. The Canadians made themselves worse. Uh, <laughs> and, and this all and, and this all gets back to, I know this discussion came up again this week on Twitter, but it gets back to this whole thing of Steve Iserman and his brilliant trade deadline for the Lightning, where mm-hmm. they missed the playoffs by one point. Are you telling me the Tampa Bay Lightning couldn't have won the Atlantic division? Like, you're... Really? This was the year to to take a knee and play it safe? You know, they couldn't have caught, you know, loaded up, maybe caught the Bruins, and they couldn't be sitting here about to go to the cup. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. You're right. This was was easy to see coming. I I think it was easy to see coming, but I thought for sure it was going to be Montreal or the Rangers. I didn't think Ottawa or Boston would be the teams. And if if it was Ottawa, and I thought whoever got out of there was going to lose to either Pittsburgh or Washington, but that was also before Chris Letang got hurt, so... Yeah, it was, I mean, it you was, figure it was, like, easy, it it was easily predictable, say, but not. Yeah, anytime you hear like fans or anybody say like, "Yeah, but so we, we win a round or two, but then what?" Well, then you're in the conference final. There's four teams left, and who knows who's banged up or who's you know who's hurt, who's slumping, who's who knows. Get you know th- this idea that you don't do anything unless you're the surefire favorite to win the Stanley Cup is is ridiculous, and so you know. To get back to that question about the copycatting the Senators, I hope if they do win the Stanley Cup, the lesson is not, hey, sit back and be boring and, and play defensive. I hope the maybe the lesson is just because you're not the Blackhawks or the Capitals doesn't mean you shouldn't have to load up and try to put the best team you can out there for the playoffs because... Uh, you know, take a run at this thing. I also, I also hope the lesson is, especially if it's Ottawa and Nashville, that PK Subban and Eric Carlson are really good, and you should probably want to have those guys on your team. And and I just want to point—I know a lot of people are not up on their Canadian geography. PK Subban wins the Stanley Cup in Ottawa. He can get to Montreal by like it's <laughs> it's a two-hour drive. He could probably do it in an hour and a half because I think he could probably get a police escort to get there. Like he could be in downtown Montreal by midnight no. with the Stanley Cup. I mean, well, game, game ended early enough. All right, I mean, so he's going to, you know, you got to do a little bit of media. He's got to get dressed, but uh, like, oh, let's no. say one. No, one, no, no. He, no, one he, o'clock he, would... He, dri- he drives there in the Predators full jersey. Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't get changed if he doesn't. Okay, there you go. So yeah, he's, yeah, he, he gets there, let's say one o'clock, but that's like, that's like Montreal midnight. And yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying this, this could happen. And uh, I don't know. And I threw that out there on, on Twitter, and part of me, I was like half trolling Montreal fans, and they, they were like, yes, it, he is welcome here. Yeah, Montreal fans are not happy these days. They no. do not, they're not... I uh, don't blame them. No, you, you shouldn't. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like Montreal fans are... Uh, I feel like Montreal fans are all kind of rooting on PK, and the reason I laughed just now is because I just had this vision in my head of the Ottawa Senators like finally making, like going back to the final and finally staking their claim and shedding this little brother thing they have going and then having half their building taken over by Montreal fans again, like always happens in the regular season, except now they're all there to 
like wearing PK Subban jerseys and cheering him on. You could be like Santa Claus. He just wakes all the kids up at the children's hospital at like two in the morning and they all come out and like play with the cup and they're all wearing Predators jerseys and it would be a special sight. It'd be it it'd would. be a it'd be it'd be a wonderful moment if if it would be, be the exact opposite of the Richard riots. It would just be Montreal, like Montreal fans running around fixing windows and <laughs> extinguishing burning cars and all of that stuff. It'd be a beautiful uh, thing. Do it, PK. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. It's uh, give me a good solid hour. Maybe it was boring. Maybe it was exciting. It really depends on whether or not you're a fan of us, I, I guess. Because if you're not a fan of us, you probably didn't find that all that exciting. If you are, you probably found that to be really fun and thrilling. Um, check us out on the internet. We write stuff. Go to iTunes. Give us a bunch of ratings that are super awesome because that moves us up the thing, I think. And then it makes us look yeah. awesome. And then we could do more shows. And, and then we're supposed to like thing. we're supposed to like see where we are in the rankings, and then like screenshot it. Yeah, yeah. And then we that. have, to, and then we tweet it, but we have to act like we're being like, like, oh, you guys are the best. This is so crazy, but we're really just like, hey, blatantly advertising our total self. I think that's how it's supposed to go. That's yeah. how you do it. So yeah. Episode. So yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks to Tim Barnes for sitting here and listening to us talk about hockey for an hour. Um, and I guess that's it. We'll be back next week at our regularly scheduled time, unless we're canceled. You never know. Two broke girls got canceled. If two broke girls can get canceled, two broke dudes can get canceled too. That, that's possible. So that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. And uh, we'll catch you then. Talk to you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.